0: Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. I am Nate, your dungeon master and crafter of the bad things that happen to good people. Well, good-ish people. My characters in this story, at least. This is our second-to-last episode. Welcome. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes roam through the Fairy Queen's castle and meet with some potential allies, including a nice mudman from the Summer Court. But you don't get too far before a man in a red coat walks up to you. My name is, um, well, they call me Swampy. Our heroes find the library, a source of all the Fairy Queen's 200 millennium of agreements that bind the very world of the Fey Realm together. So Drossel wraps an elbow to your elbow and walks you down one of the big halls and then turns and there is a library. In here is every agreement ever made on the lands of the Fairy Queen. Interrogating the Fairy Queen's imprisoned wife reveals that the Fairy Queen's plan to win back her love by pulling Fenrir to the Fairy Realm is just plain doomed. Well, I insisted that she love me, but she's so mean to everyone else.
1: Have you lost your love?
0: Oh, that's a hard question to answer. Roll me insight. Yeah, you both get the sense that she is specifically not telling you the truth and therefore you're pretty sure she does not love the fairy queen. Lady Miev found her husband and her father being held as lover and former lover of the fairy queen and discovered that they have the freedom to leave if they can find the exit which they can't and sitting at a little table next to the bed reading a book is a young man in his early 20s. He looks up and Miev says Charles and he stands up and Mia runs over and just gives him this massive crushing hug and Charles is like what why are you here our heroes gather all the evidence they need to force the fairy queen to submit or be destroyed by the other courts and promptly decide against it as it would have consequences reaching far into the mortal realm and very close to home if you if you could prove that you could you could name your you could name any price
2: you could destroy her we do not want to destroy her The love that he has is only because of the deal he made with her. If she ceases to exist, that deal ceases to
0: exist, and my father as I know him. Sable creates a distraction so the heroes can search in the library, and convinces the Fairy Queen to trade her heart for the heart of Sable's mother. So she and Marigold Farathi, the Fairy Queen's now estranged wife, have a chance at falling in love again.
1: And then I say, and yet, I know you are in pain. I see it in the sky. I see it in the trees, I see it in the thorns, I see it in us, I feel it in our hearts. I have come to offer solace.
0: And here we are. Hi, I'm Nate and I will be your Dungeon Master.
1: I'm Sandra, I play Sable the Druid. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen the Rogue. I'm Julie. I play Sylph the Wizard.
0: Sandra, is there anything Sable wants to do before going to the library? Otherwise, I'll Scooby-Doo forward us to the library.
1: You mean besides, like, fist bump the air? Like, yes! Yeah! Because <laughs> she's definitely doing that.
0: Because you're in the fairy realm. When you fist bump the air, it fist bumps back. Yes! And it's really confusing. <laughs> oh,
1: that's awesome.
0: You never feel alone here.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to look around. How are people responding to this?
0: Roll me an insight. So one thing that is true is all of these creatures are, are fairy monsters of some variety, and they're all hidden behind an illusion. So 22! The room has an eerie stillness to it. You can tell that this has never happened before. And these, these are generally immortal creatures. They've probably been here for hundreds of years. They've seen something they've never seen before. And they don't know what to make of it. The atmosphere that this creates, though, because everybody is essentially wearing a fake face, Mm -hmm. is just dead silence, cold-eyed stares. Right. It's awkward. So you're surrounded
3: by sociopathic-looking folks.
1: (laughs) I look around and say, well, if you're going to say anything to me about this, this would be a great time. And I'm kind of like inching toward the door. That leads to the library.
0: There's a cough, and the the gentleman that you know under his glamour is a summer court emissary mudman. Mm-hmm. Says, yes, well, that was fascinating. We're in for an exciting evening, one way or another. Um, and looks around, and then someone says, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hide in my room. And they just <laughs> turn and walk out. <laughs> There's the whole ballroom in. I mean, some of it empties out. Some of them stay. Like, there's this mix of fight, flight, freeze going on here. um, Only they're contractually obligated not to choose fight. (music) And that's about when Sable arrives in the library. So in the library, we have Drossel, Jalen, Sylpha, Sable. We have Miev. Miev's husband and Miev's father.
1: And we have the thorn guy.
0: And we have a big ball of angry thorns. Well, they're not angry, Angry. but they
1: they look angry. They
0: look angry. (laughs) Yeah. The library itself remains a massive, seemingly endless hall of books with every agreement the Fairy Queen has ever made logged in what seems to be paper, all the way as far as the eye can see books from floor to ceiling endlessly the library is utterly quiet there are no librarians you are for all intents and purposes standing in her mind
2: when Sable walks into the library, Silpha is pacing and deep in some kind of thought, like shaking a quill.
3: I think Jalen has been sitting down. We- we've been pretty pensive, like brainstorming or mm-hmm. whatever. And so while Sylpha's pacing, Jalen's sitting for once and not pacing, but looking pensive. And when Sable comes in, she stands up and says, are you all right? Of course. What happened?
1: We negotiated. My father is now with her deciding the terms through which she will exchange her heart for my mother's. Oh. And she looks pleased with this.
3: Jalen looks very thoughtful <laughs> and sits back down and looks at silpha and says, that's that's going to make this easier. silpha looks nervous, but says
2: yes, I think. What's this? So I guess we'll switch to the mind, the mind meld. I had presumed that all of our exchange was kind of like an internal I said all of
3: that
1: ex- externally so that everyone could hear.
3: As quickly as possible. I think Jalen will think to sable everything we found in the library, that we found the original agreement between
2: the Fairy Queen, House Mason, and King Fenrir. We found the original contract, and I have read it in its entirety.
3: Jalen says, I think we're pretty established now that House Mason was an aggressor, but the Fairy Queen was technically the breaker of the agreement.
2: Something was established between... King Fenrir, House Mason, and the Fairy Queen, in which the Fairy Queen bathed the land in magic. Lord Mason got a non-aggression pact which was worded in such a way as to imply that it didn't mean they weren't going to continue working against each other, but there would be no physical hostility between them. And King Fenrir got fertile land and prosperity. Most of this we had guessed. The wording of the agreement was such that we could tell that it was the fairy queen who must have broken her end of the bargain, and that is what precipitated the thorns. And Jalen says, this is my educated guess.
3: That moonlight orb was
2: introduced to turn
3: everyone into werewolves, and then the Fairy Queen's allies were tearing themselves apart, which was not technically breaking the agreement, but it was an act of aggression. And I think the Fairy Queen retaliated by sending the dryad to the tree to pierce the Lord Mason, and that is what broke the agreement. But I don't think she started it.
1: Sable will just give a nod to that. Carefully say out loud. So most of this we had already determined.
3: I think we have a better idea of the order of events. Continuing in the mind, Jalen says, but the fact remains that according to the agreement, the fairy queen is the one who broke the deal. And that puts her in a predicament.
2: We do have the means to renegotiate the agreements.
3: Drossel has been given the authority to negotiate for the king, and it turns out we don't need the head of House Mason. We need a champion of
1: House Mason.
3: And as soon as she marries Byron, we would have one.
1: Does this need to happen right now?
3: Well, if we want the thorns to come down, we have to renegotiate this deal. This slate needs to be wiped clean, and those are the parties that are needed. Someone representing Fenrir, someone representing Mason, and someone representing the Fairy Queen. Jalen looks at Drossel and says... Could we lay the groundwork with the Fairy Queen for a new agreement contingent upon Sylphus marrying Byron?
0: Yes, we can absolutely do that. Essentially, what you're doing is making an agreement that doesn't trigger until marriage happens. But as a result, we would be going back into the Thorns. There wouldn't be a resolution to that until after the marriage. But one thing to keep in mind is that marriage is itself a symbolic action. If the parties have agreed, we might be able to get away without having a marriage ceremony.
2: Byron and I intend for a celebration and ceremony after preparations are made and I return from the thorns. But there is an aspect that is inherently contractual. And so long as we
1: are legally married, that should fulfill the requirement. Sable says in her head, not out loud. This is the least ringing endorsement I have heard of marriage so far.
0: Well, it it was going to be a done deal before. Drossel says, not to intrude too much on this conversation, but has has marriage changed progressively in the last hundred years? Because I, no, this is always a negotiation. I,
1: no, not at all. It's exactly as you're hearing it. I think I have determined that I want no part of it. Some
0: people do do that. You know what might be. Uh, interesting here i think i think we have what we need we just a little maybe a tiny bit more confirmation and we we have the the tie between silpha and house mason and we can do the negotiation that the real question is what what exactly are we asking for i mean we want the thorns to come down it sounds like there's other we don't want her to subsume fenrir
1: marigold told me what the circle was in relation to her and the fairy queen but it's been long enough that i have forgotten.
0: Oh, no problem. Marigold started the circle, and one of the conditions of her coming to live with the Fairy Queen is that the Fairy Queen would sort of shepherd and guide the circle. Mm. So that is a part of her marriage contract, and you have already gathered she's willing to defend it with other people's lives.
1: I definitely want to change something about the circle. This was out of character, but Silpha would really appreciate if the Circle's
2: condition for membership was no longer information on House Mason. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) I just kind of want a fresh start.
3: You want to break the Circle's existence from being tied to her marriage to Marigold?
1: I would like to discuss with Marigold and the Fairy Queen both a, a restart, a refresh of how the Circle is related to their marriage.
3: Jalen nods slowly and says, It doesn't seem unfeasible to separate the circle from their marriage. It's like we would be making the first prenuptial
0: agreement. Drossel <laughs> will chime in and say, it, it is very feasible. If Marigold's willing to sign in on this, you have all the parties to. Their marriage contract, you can amend that as part of this agreement, and uh, in accordance with the flow of time, it will supersede the previous one.
1: I think that a, a good plan.
2: Likewise, I would like a fresh start for House Mason, and I would like the house to be freed of any undead influence if it still exists. I, I don't know if the Fairy Queen has the power to make that happen. Part of her negotiation with the Vampire Lord Mason was, a, in essence, a non-aggression pact
0: you want to swap it out for an aggression pact just against the undead. Correct. Okay.
1: And it does nothing for the blood magic. It doesn't end that.
0: It would strongly
3: discourage it.
1: How?
0: Drossel chimes in and says, well, uh, you've all lost me on this one. (laughs) But what I can add to this conversation is a pact that targets the undead would likely gain you the support of the church, which the current King Fenrir would greatly approve of. And as his representative here, I think I can agree that that would be of benefit to the kingdom at large. So whatever Lady Mason does or does not want, I think you would have the support of a higher authority.
1: Good news.
3: Do where creatures count as undead?
1: The druid knows. <laughs> no, not at all. They are cursed creatures, but not dead. And certainly not undead.
2: My intention is to steer House Mason away from the kind of magic that you saw the consequences of in their basement.
3: You could just make blood magic forbidden
2: as part of the pact. Sylpha has no intention of doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's easy for that to get broken. And Sylpha kind of views it in a, a neutral to negative light.
0: Slashing your hand instead of doing material components isn't bad, but killing someone for a spell slot is. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Yep.
3: I wouldn't mind getting the Rat King out of the sewers.
0: Drossel will chime in and say, okay, so we have a list of, let's say, lesser agreements that we need to establish, but the core components were the non-aggression pact, which we've agreed we will replace with a, perhaps, aggression pact against the undead, which will probably make both King Fenrir and the Fairy Queen pleased. We also have her magic providing sustenance and power throughout the realm. If her intention is to absorb... The kingdom, uh, that's probably helping her do that, as much as it is providing crops. What what do we want to do with that?
3: If the other two parties hold up their end of the bargain, she will not absorb the realm. If they break it, she can.
1: The only reason she wants to absorb the realm is to keep the love of Marigold. I think that that will become a non-issue. I'm in agreement with Sable on this. Let's not add anything to this that we don't have to,
3: that could be broken. But Drossel's concern here is there is no benefit here for the Fairy Queen, and I'm saying the potential benefit is if the pact gets broken,
0: she will be within her rights to absorb the kingdom.
1: I don't want to give her that right!
0: (laughs) No, no, let's not do that. Let's think of it this way instead. Fairy Queen gets her magic back. Hmm. She doesn't have to spend it in the kingdom anymore. That's right. And if we frame it in that way, maybe she'll even give up several packs. Like this rat king you mentioned, which I assume is a where rat with a crown? Um,
1: I'm guessing a lesser emissary of hers? Four-headed rat. Very awkward. Oh. Very awkward oh. little creature. Ugh.
0: That's despicable. <laughs> Not altogether okay altogether unfriendly, um,
3: but I don't want him there.
0: <laughs> got it. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Um, She might be able to withdraw some of her agents. It, it, it increases her power here. And if we believe Sable's argument that Her agenda is no longer to absorb the realm. There's no reason for her to keep her power in Fenrir. Now, what concerns me is the crops issue. Certainly the kingdom can get away with normal four seasons and could grow crops.
1: Drussel, the kingdom will have at least two archdruids in it. Certainly, the king can make deals with us rather than with the fairy queen. To keep his land healthy.
3: Seems like we would even want to steer away from the queen's influence on the land. Like, she, she, she's she, been making autumn longer and longer and longer, and that's fucking with our sense of time. Like, I would actually prefer to have her out of that picture. It
2: seems to me if we're renegotiating this deal, we have seen that... Few people speaking for the entirety of the population has led to the suffering of the entire population when one of the parties has breached their agreement. I should like to see it such that the consequences only fall back on those who have themselves
1: made the deal.
0: You would like to limit the repercussions as part of the deal to individuals.
1: Yes, rather than to all of Fenrir.
0: Hmm. The only trouble with that is... Two-thirds of this agreement circle, in theory, dies someday. That would turn the agreements off at that point. Could it be a hereditary agreement? That seems quite a heavy burden to pass. It does. It does pass it to only one person, though.
1: Being a king is a burden. As somebody who inherited a thousand years of that particular burden, I don't want to pass it on to anyone. I think it should be renegotiated.
0: You think the deal needs to be renegotiated at the death of each individual, and that individuals, therefore, should hold full consequences and not kingdom
1: I like this idea.
0: All right. Irritating for the Fairy Queen, but wonderful for us. Let's try it.
1: <laughs>
2: Every five minutes
1: in her time, she's
2: renegotiating a deal. Is
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, time already? Jalen gets a little bit of a frown, and she thinks to Sable. She says, Sable, what's going to happen to your father after this heart slob?
1: Oh, and my intention was to ask him to create his own heart for himself out of whatever it is that he wanted to make, but they walked away before I could make that recommendation, so it's up to him.
0: At that note, a thing happens in the library. So, all throughout the library, you see books fly off the shelves. Individual books slide off the shelves and begin to spin open wildly. They flip to a specific page pause for just a second, slam shut, and slide back into the shelf. And there are dozens of them just popping all over in the distance.
1: Our eyes are going wild looking at all of these.
3: Jalen says, I think a lot of things are getting revisited at the moment.
0: Drossel says, I, uh, I don't know if that's important or not. Um, that's clearly the fairy queen accessing her own memory. Mm-hmm. This looks like a domino effect. Can she tell we're here? Um. Yes, although from the Pressure in the room. She probably doesn't care.
1: Can I like keep close eye on one of the books and see if I can't find it again?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pull it out, give me an investigation roll.
1: Or I could be distracted. I could roll a three. Plus an investigation is a sixth.
0: So what that means is you pop it open and it is in thousand-year-old language mm. and you This is not fun reading.
2: (laughs) Quick, Silpha, read the the Shakespeare. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) You like thousand-year-old legal speak. (laughs) What is Habe's corpus?
0: Silpha, roll me an investigation roll. Uh, You have advantage because you are a scribe.
2: Okay, advantaged investigation roll. Thank goodness for
0: advantage. One of those rolls was a five. Um,
1: better than my three
0: so i got a 15 you can read this it takes some digging because sable was watching you can get roughly to the right page that the fairy queen was referencing the only thing that you find very interesting about it is the the wording it's it's about the fairy queen forgetting a slight it's an agreement wherein she is not going to hold someone accountable for some past action that they did and the turn of phrase which was popular a thousand years ago is holding it in your heart. Mm. Uh-huh. And so it's it's a reference to the fairy queen's heart. Weirdly, what occurs to you with a 15 is it's almost like her heart is a separate entity in the way that this is phrased. Mm. It makes you wonder if it is actually a separate entity.
1: Interesting.
0: And Silpha will share this information.
1: And I'll say, what does that mean? <laughs> That's very helpful, I know.
3: <laughs> Jalen says, it sounds like it means your father should not take her heart into his own chest.
1: I was like, I, I have no idea how to get any word to him. Oh, actually, I do. Are there any little animals around here?
0: If you stick your head back out, there are many little animals. Like
1: one that I could use as an animal messenger?
0: You pick up an animal and you're like, you're getting ready to cast a spell. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just ask. Okay. okay. Let's start with okay,
1: that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I apologize. I don't know this rum.
0: It's two little, like, gopher paws or like... Just, just ask. Just ask. Yeah.
1: Would you be willing to bring a message to Mirquid, the heart render?
0: The, tr- the tree man? Yeah, yeah sure. Whatever. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want me to tell him?
1: This is your opportunity to create your own heart. Don't just take what's given.
0: All right. I'll check on that. Thank you. And it skitters to the ground and then just, like, bounces off.
1: Jalen looks at Silfa
3: and says, When we first got here, you sent a message to Leslie. Do you think you could send her another message and get confirmation from House Mason that you are the Mason champion? Would that be the endorsement we need?
2: Yes, if we are to renegotiate the terms, I think I shall have to send another message to Leslie in order to put things in motion. And she will then do the sending spell that you saw her perform before. And the message is, help, for chance to end thorns, I need to marry Byron immediately. Have contract signed by proxy under witness and legally certified. Inform when done.
0: So you wait a beat. It seems like maybe a second. And you get back. Contract signed. Congratulations, Sofa. My apologies for not being able to congratulate you in person. Sorry it didn't work out. And then that's the end of the message. What is
1: that 25 um, words? <laughs> Ish. <laughs> it's a Fey realm it can fey
3: stretch realm. sure yeah words can stretch <laughs> <laughs> it's like german you can mash a bunch of words and in together into one Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's roughly what you get and so clearly they had time to go sign this contract in one second so time is not syncing up much more time is passing at home yet. yeah
2: so i th- i think you see sylpha react in immediate surprise everything okay well, I'm Married now.
3: <laughs> congratulations! Jalen <laughs> <Caitlin laughs> Chuckle says congratulations, Mrs. Mason. <laughs> Wouldn't she be Lady Mason? <laughs> lady Mason. Lady Lady Lunari Mason Mason Lunari.
0: <laughs> Something does happen. Sable, the amulet around your neck, to remind our listeners has a piece of your father's magic and a piece of your mother's magic. in it. its main function is that when being a fey is advantageous, you count as a fey. When being a human is advantageous, you count as a human. Right. It begins to heat up. Like, it is doing something right the fuck now. Oh, gosh. And a lot of it.
1: Oh, oh, ah. I, I hold it out because it's hurting, probably. What's that? I think Silfa says, what is
2: that? And then instinctively reaches out to...
1: It's hot, it's hot.
2: Touch the the amulet. It
0: is hot. Silpha, roll me a Constitution saving throw. Mandy, Jalen needs to roll a Constitution saving throw as well.
2: Uh, fourteen. I got a fourteen as well. So, well, uh, that's a fifteen with my modifier.
0: Silpha, when you reach out to touch it, you immediately notice something. Your fingernails are a solid inch longer.
1: Holy shit!
0: Silpha gasps. It's a long time. Jalen, you, you feel a little queasy for a moment, and then it passes. Right. Silfa, you're looking at your hand, though, and your, your fingernails have grown, like, noticeably grown. It's like they haven't been clipped in, like, three years. Oh. And then you look up, and the room is different. Everybody's hair is about 18 inches longer. Holy shit. Except for Sable's, which has not moved at all.
2: Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and Silfa says, time moved.
0: My gods! Your spell that was linking your minds is, way is expired now. Yeah, way more than an hour just went forward.
1: I look at Drossel and say, "This holds a piece of Father's magic. Something happened.
0: Uh, um,
2: should
1: we check on him? We should probably get back to that throne room.
2: Yes,
0: all head back to the throne room.
1: Can we?
2: Can we get cleaned up first? I mean,
0: <laughs> let's let's say that Jalen can pull out a knife and trim your fingernails. Maybe maybe get rid of some split ends.
1: <laughs> Despite the fact that Sable's playing it cool, she really doesn't want to see her father kill himself by doing all of this, so it worries her a little bit. Is that thing now gone inert in any way?
0: I mean, it's you can feel the magic's there, but it's no longer... Okay. You think time moved like a son of a bitch real fast, and it was just chugging to keep
2: oh, up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sable sees what happened to Silpha and Jalen. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And Drossel. Yeah.
0: All three of them, yeah.
1: But yeah, but like that time passed here. That's the weird thing. Mm-hmm. They, like, we're here and time passed for them, which is fucking weird. The Fairy Queen
2: controls time in this realm and the speed at which it moves. Why
3: wouldn't it move for Sable?
1: I suppose because of the amulet she wears. This magic, it, uh, when it's advantageous. The world treats me as Faye. Oh, that's convenient. Uh, Jalen rebraids
0: her hair the way that it used to be. Um, Yeah, you you can get cleaned up. Mostly it involves a good nail trim mm-hmm. and then everybody finds a new long hair hairstyle.
3: She doesn't want to cut off yet because she's going to get another wig made.
0: <laughs> the two Mievs, the two men, they look completely nonplussed. Like this has happened to them before. Oh. So they look plused. They just pull their hair back into a ponytail and tie it off
1: and pull their beard into a ponytail
0: and a ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. tie it off they'll get around to this later
1: all right well i'm hurrying back to the main room
0: we're going to do a little intermission here because this is where it fits our characters are headed into what could be considered a boss fight in D&D there are three terms you need to know for this The first is legendary action, which means some monsters are so powerful they can just do stuff between other characters' turns. There's a limit to how often they can do it. Essentially lets them take multiple actions in the course of a round. The second term is legendary resistance, which means some things are so powerful they can just choose to pass saving throws that would otherwise incapacitate them. And thirdly, there's a term called lair action, which means when you're in a bad guy's home, they get to just do stuff for free sometimes. When you get back to the main room, everybody has come to attention. The fairy queen is entering from the opposite side when you enter. And behind her is Marigold and Merkwood, the heart render.
1: Oh, he's alive. What's in the middle of his chest now?
0: There's still a pulsing heart there that looks exactly like your mother's, the one that's always been there. Okay. And the Fairy Queen walks up to her throne and takes a seat. Marigold stands to the right of her and Merkwood stands in front of her. And the Fairy Queen says, we are going to commence with the heart exchange immediately. And the the room gets real quiet, super duper duper quiet. And Merkwood says, "Yes, uh, just a moment." And he turns and gestures, "Please come come in. I need all five of the changelings for this." And gestures his hand for you all to walk into the middle of the room.
1: Jalen raises a hand and says, "Why?"
0: <laughs> come here. I'll explain it to you.
1: I'm walking straight up to Merkwood, and I was like, "What what deal did you? What are you going to do with your heart?"
0: So. I'm going to take this one out, but the Fairy Queen has determined that enough power has attached itself to the entity of her heart, that it is probably a living entity. I'm going to remove it, and then we don't know what it's going to do. Oh. Here's the problem, though. It still counts as the Fairy Queen, and so the five of you are pretty much the only the only people who can touch it if it's hostile.
1: What about your heart? Did you get my message? Did the gopher bring you the message?
0: I have a wooden heart I can use. And he produces from basically his pocket uh, a piece of oak carved into a heart, and it's a icon caricature of a heart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look anything like a regular yeah. heart. And he says, "This this will have to do. I keep these around in in case I need them. I've never put one in myself before, but I guess that's just fair."
1: Sable will look at it. You know, she'll kind of put her hand out. Will he give her the heart?
0: Yeah. I'll hand it to you for a moment.
1: Uh, she says, just let me hold it until you're ready for it, then.
0: And he turns and walks up to the fairy queen and says, we are prepared to begin. And the fairy queen says, for the next hour of time in the fairy realm, I hereby exempt all of the changelings from the laws of hospitality. Shit. Shit. <laughs>
1: I, I know it's not gonna do anything magical, but like she is just like wishing as much like love and care into this heart as she can.
0: Roll me a percentage dice.
1: You're gonna change it into a real heart. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Uh eighty-seven.
0: Wow, well, that's pretty good. This heart starts to warm up in your in your hands. You can almost feel like a beat coming from it. When it was handed to you, it was cold dead wood. But uh it something is happening to it.
1: I'm not opening up my hand. I'm just like, (laughs) I don't even want to look. I'm just like, I'm just going to protect it.
0: Mirkwood takes a step up and pulls from his own chest the glowing heart. And as he reaches out and touches the fairy queen's chest, you can see the color in Mirkwood start to sort of dry and crack as he becomes sort of a withered tree. But he touches her heart and the heart is immediately pulled in and pushed out comes a a tangling mess of thorny vines that just starts to pour out of her in shockingly large volume. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh. And it coalesces on the floor next to Mirkwood. It's not little. It continues to pour out and grow, and it pulls itself into this grand winged figure with a massive maw of teeth and sharp claws. And you are looking at a thorns dragon.
1: Oh, my gods and
0: not a little one this one this one's about the size of that frost giant you fought earlier in the podcast so it it's freaking huge it scans the room and you see everybody takes several steps. yeah
1: same back. here can Jalen shoot it
3: <laughs> sure yeah no i think she's just reacting to seeing this thing <laughs>
0: It's time for the mid-roll, and that means it's time for Fairy Facts. Today, we talk a bit about thorns. Thorns appear in many fairy tales, as barriers, some sinister, and some benevolent. If associated with roses, the thorns are usually benevolent. They symbolize purity in a sacred path. They pop up to protect Sleeping Beauty, for instance. If associated with the hawthorn Tree, the thorns are somewhat neutral to benevolent, protecting the fairies that live in the tree, but also, those fairies can bless marriages on occasion, causing couples to fall in love under the branches. In which case, it's good luck to wear a bridal crown of hawthorn. If associated with blackthorn, the thorns are sinister. Also guarded by fairies, these lunanshi or moon fairies will defend the tree to your detriment at all costs, cursing people any time it can. You can, however, safely steal wood from the tree on a full moon when the fairies are out praying. The tree is commonly known for making clubs out of, called shillelaghs, so maybe that's part of the sinister origin story. Thorns are always a popular form of punishment in fairy lore, tearing at skin, clothes, eyes, and even souls. Curses are frequently transferred through thorns, which have the ability to gain access to the body through the skin. So when I, Nate, needed a big bad for a fairy tale campaign, you might have thought I chose the fairy queen, but the big bad is and always was the Thorns. The the dragon's beak opens as if it's about to say something, and Jalen shoots it, which I think is in character. So please <laughs> roll the dice. Congratulations, this is, counts as an Discount assassination. counts
3: as an assassination.
0: Arch- <laughs> you started the fight. <laughs> We've been waiting, like, all podcast for Jalen to start the fight (laughs) so she could get assassinated. Uh, 21. 21 hits. It flies into the mess of thorns and connects with something solid in the middle of it.
3: Uh, And I get sneak attack because I had advantage. And it's a crit because I hit, so I'm rolling 66.
0: And that, by the way, for the rest of you, is going to trigger initiative, so please roll uh, initiative roll. (laughs) 15, Fifteen,
3: twenty, twenty-six, thirty-one.
0: There's a there's a wail from the dragon. Like it opened his mouth like it was gonna say a word, and what you get is like a <laughs> So the Dragon takes thirty one. I didn't bring a writing utensil. Mm-hmm. Alright, everybody remember thirty one.
3: You want me to write it down? I can write th- I yeah. can write it down.
0: Go ahead and write it down. Mandy your official damage tracker for the dragon. Okay, dragon. In order. So uh the dragon's what's really important here. Its initiative is fuck, a twenty four. Damn shit.
1: Mine's only a 14.
0: Jalen, what was your initiative? 13. And (laughs) Silph.
2: Appropriately, I rolled a
0: a (laughs) 2. Oh, no!
3: Not in the boss fight! Not in the big final boss fight! (laughs) Oh, no.
0: The dragon turns its attention to you, and it breathes in. For a creature without lungs, this is alarming, as you see its whole body shake and rattle. And it sprays from its mouth across all of you. Just caustic steaming poison. Oh, no! Please roll me... No! ...a constitution saving throw. I don't like
1: it. I got a 14.
2: I got natural 20.
0: Jesus. Thank goodness.
2: I got an 18, so it's a 19.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Sable, you will fail. Okay. Sylpha, Jalen, you will succeed. Thorns Golem fails. Miev fails. Oh, Both Miev seniors fail. Oh no! So this this wall of poison just washes over you. Those of you who succeeded, please take twenty five damage. Oh God! And
1: everybody else oh. takes fifty.
0: Everybody else take fifty. Oh
1: my, most of me. <laughs>
0: Both Miev seniors sort of go down on one leg. They were apparently accomplished fighters in their day, because they're still standing, but like, oh god, barely. And Miev herself looks in rough-ass shape. The dragon looks quite satisfied with itself. And that brings us... Sable is next. Yep,
1: Sable's gonna do a Mass Cure Wounds. I'm going to... Okay, so I get 3d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. 18 points of damage back to people. Nice. Okay. Thank...
3: Goodness. I'm so sorry,
1: y'all.
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shoot first, fan out second.
3: Tr- she was trigger happy, though, in that moment. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like, yeah. She was just
0: reacting. It was a good damage roll. 31 solid. You heal. Everybody looks a whole lot better, because a lot of them took a whole, whole ton of damage. I only got one of those
1: in my arsenal, so... And also, can I hand the heart to Mirkwood?
0: You'll have to stride forward with your turn?
1: I, I will, yeah.
0: And you can push the chart into his chest as part of that move. It is absorbed. The color comes back into it.
1: Okay.
3: Jalen is not going to attack this round. She's going to pull out the flask of the mind reading potion that Sable gave her. And she's going to give it to Sylpha.
0: She's going to hide. Okay. Roll stealth, please. 22. The dragon has a pretty damn good perception check. But he rolled a two, so he doesn't see you. Um, you you roll behind some courtiers who are frozen in terror. Mm-hmm.
3: Can we can we retcon that Jalen would hide behind one of these pillars and not behind courtiers? You can
0: duck behind a pillar. Okay, I don't think she
3: would she would duck behind people. <laughs> like, she's she's not that much of a shithead.
0: The dragon, by the way, uses a legendary action oh, uh, at the end of Jalen's turn. No one is really like. Right up next to it, except for Mirkwood. Actually, now it's Sable, because Sable ran up and, and touched Merkwood. So, Sable, its big-ass tail just tries to slap you across oh, the room. No. Damn it, I'll try to dodge, but... Well, we'll see how this goes. Actually, he rolls a four, so 15 to hit your AC. <sighs> Fuck. Minus oh, 14. No. Uh, You get clocked in the chest.
1: People, I might die. <laughs>
0: We all might die. <laughs> Fourteen damage.
1: Okay. Turn into something. Turn into something. Well, it's uh, I my turn's already been taken.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, she healed us. She kept Sulph up on, on her feet. So I get thrown
0: across the room. Yeah, you are knocked way out of the range. Like how the- far away am I? I think let's let's toss you let's toss you fifteen feet. Okay. Dragon, for whatever reason, does not attack Mirkwood. Because I would be picking a fight with another fairy court.
1: That leaves me with 19 hit points. But that would have killed me if I Mm -hmm. hadn't healed. Mm -hmm. Sylpha will attempt something you've never seen her do. Yay!
2: Now or never. She pulls out a component that looks like a butterfly chrysalis and crushes it while saying a word. And her target is the thorn's dragon. She's going to try to polymorph it
0: into a Komodo dragon. It's going to roll a saving throw, I believe. A wisdom
2: saving throw. Turn it into a little frog! (laughs) No, Komodo dragon's good. (laughs) Well, a a small lizard. (laughs) A small lizard. (laughs) Maybe a salamander.
0: (laughs) The dragon looks for a moment like it's going to change shape. The edges blur, and then it fights off the spell. Unfortunately, making its saving throw. Okay. Now it's the NPC's turn. So the Thorn's Golem charges this thing. It was immune to the poison charges up and tries to punch this dragon's lights out with its giant thorny fist oh it didn't crit sad it rolled a 19 so it punches it solid for 15 damage please note that jalen miev pushes forward she's in bad shape still, she's also a wizard, kind of runs up underneath this dragon and casts a spell. A massive cone of frost rips out of her hands towards the ceiling and engulfs this thing. It's going to make a dexterity saving throw. It will fail. Very sad. But it will use its legendary resistance three times per day. It can just succeed. So it will take half damage. Damn you, damn you, damn you. But that's twenty. Cold damage. And cold damage, it turns out, is super effective. Excellent. <laughs> so turn that into 40 cold okay. damage. Uh, it has now taken 86. The two Mievs run for it. Like, they have no weapons and they clearly don't have magic. And they were badly yeah, hit, so they smart. both turn and run for for pillars. Mirkwood turns and looks up, and the air around him starts to get so bitterly bitterly cold the dragon rolls a constitution saving throw and fails but he will also use his second of his three legendary resistances he's real cold but it doesn't seem to slow him down and then as a lair action the fairy queen acts and a uh, a warmth kind of rolls around the hall slowly you all heal 18 hit points
3: nice yay i'm back to full yay the fairy queen likes us
1: now <laughs> yay i'm almost at half
0: it should be noted the fairy queen didn't move a muscle or do anything <laughs> And that's going to bring us to the top of the initiative order which puts us with the dragon again <sighs> um it had no targets in melee so none of its ranged attacks were of value it will charge directly at jalen who shot it but i can't see you so it is instead going to plow through several marble columns. Shit. Jalen, I need a dexterity saving throw. 24. All right. You roll out of the way of this dragon Ooh. and successfully stay behind falling marble as it begins to rain massive slabs of marble mm. from the ceiling and the, and the columns. The people that are in the court have scattered. Like, they're running. This courtroom is quickly emptying out. We need to roll a d6 and see if I get my my beautiful breath weapon back.
1: No, 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 no.
0: I don't. Yay! No.
1: Okay. It works like baseball. Bada, 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 swing,
0: bada! <laughs> that brings us to Sable.
1: Sable has set her jaw in determination after all of this hurt, and she is looking straight at that dang thing, wiping the blood off of her face, and casting blight in its direction.
0: Woo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is technically a plant creature.
1: If you target a plant creature or a magical plant, it makes a saving throw with disadvantage. And the spell deals maximum damage to it. Maximum damage is 8d8.
0: Okay, so that's max damage of 64. It will save, though, so max damage is going to be 32.
3: Okay. 118 damage on the dragon.
0: As a legendary action, this dragon has run through some columns. It runs right by Lady Miev, who ran up to it in order to kind of call it and nobody else, it is going to tail-slap her, which it does.
1: Oh,
0: shit. And she took 50 from before.
1: And got healed she a couple healed of times. She healed twice
0: and 18. She healed
1: twice, right?
0: She gets tail-slapped across the room for another 18 damage. So
1: 14 plus 18... Thirty-two.
0: And that's going to bring us to Jalen.
3: So it crashed through these columns, and she's still hiding behind marble, and it hasn't found her.
0: Yeah, you're essentially behind and it right behind. now. She's
3: behind, great, great. So she's going to draw Fairy Bane. She's going to acrobatically get this thing from behind. She's going to do a flip, slash it from behind, and then use her, she's gonna use her bonus action to hide again.
0: So the way you've described this, you would get an attack of opportunity against you unless you choose to instead disengage and not hide. That's what she does then.
3: Twenty-two. Yeah, that'll hit. All right, so that's a d6 for that, and then sneak attack is another 4d6. Oh, and do I get 2d6 because it's Fey? (laughs) Uh,
0: You do. It is Fey. All right, rolling 6d6. 32, 34. As you are running, it takes a legendary action. It picks up a hunk of masonry in one of its claws and throws it at Jalen.
3: He really doesn't like me.
2: (laughs) We did start it. I did start it. I totally started it. It's a it's a creature made of grudges. It seems. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, <laughs> uh, twenty one to hit. Rather.
3: Uh, yeah, that hits her. Can I do the evasive action?
0: Yeah, you'll be able to take half of this. She doesn't get She doesn't get a, a dex save. This is not a dex save. Okay. But you can take half with uncanny dodge. Yeah, dive. that's what I'll do. So it's thirteen. So you'll take six. six. Okay. All right, and that's going to bring us to Sylpha.
2: I kind of want to drink the potion and see what its next moves are. Mhm.
3: I mean, that's why, she, that's why she gave it to you, was so that you could anticipate its move. Yeah, do
1: it. We've got lots okay. of people
0: doing damage to it, so. I will drink the potion to try to discover what motivates it. Surface thoughts immediately come to you from everyone except for Lady Miev, who is wearing a ring that blocks that exact behavior. But from the dragon, you hear a, I will not be cast aside. I will not be cast aside. I can't believe that girl shot me. <laughs>
1: Cut off my whole ass!
0: (laughs) You will also know when the dragon's breath weapon recharges. Good. Which is not next turn.
1: Phew. Gonna happen, though. We gotta kill this thing. We gotta kill this thing. We gotta kill it hard and fast.
2: (laughs) From a practical standpoint, Sylpha will shout out, um,
1: it can't spit out
2: poison for a little while now, so now's the time to move.
0: (laughs) It's legendary action. It's going to pick up another hunk of masonry and pow it at Miev, who's now on the ground, 15 feet away. It rolls minimum damage, though, but Miev takes another 7 hit points as a hunk of marble bounces off her arm. The Thorns Golem runs up and flaps thorns at this creature. It, They don't seem to be able to connect. The thorns are bouncing off the thorns. Nothing... Too terrible happens. Miev stands up and spits out a hunk of blood and fires a... Yeah, she's got fireball. That's what she's going to try. <laughs> so in fact. She hurls a fireball directly into the air. It explodes. The dragon sort of ducks a little bit out of the way. Uh, it turns out it actually takes half damage from fire and half damage because it makes the save. So it's only going to take 11 damage.
2: Useful information, though.
0: Do cold, not fire. Mirkwood steps toward the dragon, and it just continues to just be utterly, bitterly, bitterly, bitterly cold around him and this dragon. The dragon will succeed at its saving throw, though, and still seems unaffected by this freezing chill. As a lair action, the Fairy Queen continues to not move. Something happens with the light in the room. It's weird. You've never seen it happen before. It's definitely not natural. But all of the stained glass windows that run up and down the wall with images of the fairy queen, a bright light suddenly flashes and a kaleidoscope of color just fills the room. Everybody, please give me a dexterity saving throw. 26.
1: 16. 20 for me. I was gonna say twenty six. Like we don't even respond to twenty six. We're like yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> yeah, she yeah whatever, She's just gonna, whatever. She rolled a nineteen and she gets a plus seven on deck. So.
0: <laughs> Those of you who roll less than an eighteen have disadvantage on attack rolls for the next turn as you are partially blinded. The dragon uses its last legendary resistance to not be partially blinded, so now it can no longer automatically make saving throws. Which brings us to the top of the initiative order with the dragon. The dragon is fine, you know, just a little beat up. (laughs) His choices are Miev, which threw fire at him, that tickled. Or Fairy Bane's out. Mm, I think Fairy Bane makes you a target. Mm-hmm. The dragon charges you and does a full attack action. So you are you are in deep shit. Yep. So it gets two claws and a bite attack. Which is an 18 to hit.
3: Uh, yep, that hits.
0: The claw is a 13. No, it's 15 to nope. hit. And the second claw is a 22 That to hit. hits. All right. So you take from the claw 13 damage. 18 damage. All right. You may choose to take half from one of those. Uh, she'll
3: take half of the 18, please. So that's okay. 21 damage total. How many
2: hit points does...
3: Uh, she has 27 damage out of 77. So she's about a third... Oh, a okay. third dead. It's not as <laughs> dire as I
2: thought. Not as dire as you thought. Yeah, though. I have something, some extreme things I could do.
1: <laughs> and please remind me, did I or did I not once see a T-Rex? We did. You did, you in did fact, see a t-rex. a T-Rex. All right. I'm thinking of the biggest animal I can come up with. I'm going to cast a spell called Grasping Vine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw my hand out. And I'm going to yell, get over here! And a vine is going to come out of the ground and lash at that thing, which gets to do a dexterity saving throw. And if it fails, I pull it 20 feet toward me.
0: It gets an 18.
1: Damn. Well, that's all right. Because then the next thing I am going to do as a bonus action is I am going to turn into a ridiculously sized T-Rex and close the distance between me and him. (laughs) And you hear a yay! (laughs)
0: <laughs> go ahead and roll me a nature roll. A
1: nature roll, just to see what kind yeah. of thing I actually turn into.
0: Well, yeah, let's see what you actually get here. plus um, twenty. So you have seen a T Rex. You don't. You've never tried to turn into one That's before.
1: That's right. Never tried to turn in, into anything this big before.
0: And so it doesn't go as well as you'd hoped because I, there's a uh, a challenge rating gap here because yeah. I believe the T Rex is a little too powerful. But you turn into a smaller version of the T-Rex. That's fine.
1: So I'm not a huge beast.
0: I'm a large beast. Makes you like a Utah raptor or something. That's all right. I have some stats here for you to use. You are now a dinosaur. <laughs> Just dinosaur? We'll go with dinosaur, and I'm going to fudge you some stats, okay. but don't worry about it. And if it matters, you have 95 hit points, Yeah. Jalen.
3: Okay, so Sable is closing with this thing.
0: Yeah, as a Dinosaur. As a
3: dinosaur it's mm-hmm. only, You know, Sable is now distracting this thing by closing with it, so she's gonna pull the same move. She's gonna swing around behind it, attack it from behind, and then disengage.
0: Okay, give it a shot. Uh
3: twenty-five.
0: Yeah, that'll hit. Thirty one. It will take thirty one damage. For its legendary action, it's gonna interrupt you as you're running away. Oh no and Beat its wings. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Sable and Jalen. Sable and Jalen, roll me a dexterity saving throw.
1: I think mine's just going to be a 13. Yeah, it's 13, so.
0: That will not succeed. 17. 17. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jalen, you also failed. Huge chunks of marble are whisked up in the breeze that comes off these things' wings. Holy shit. And are hurled through the air. Uh, only about 10 feet, though, so it's only going to collide with the two of you because everybody else is at distance. You will receive uh, a mighty 15 damage and are knocked down unless you make the saving throw, which neither of you did. <laughs> now I'd
1: figure out how to get up as a dinosaur. I've got these little arms! How do, how do they get up when they fall down?
0: I don't know. you kicking a lot. You're like... <laughs> You're doing lots of kicks.
1: <laughs>
0: this is why the T-Rex would extinct. Julie, what is, uh, what's Sylpha doing this turn? And I will let you know that it cannot breath weapon again. It is exceptionally irritated with Lady Miev, though, and Jalen. So it's going to go for one of those two. You're, you're 100% certain.
2: So Sylpha will attempt to draw the Thorn's Dragon's creature's attention away from Miev and Jalen. And if we're in this, like, grand hall, um, from the end of the hall where the doors are, this kind of gust of wind seems to blow. And in walks some giant and exquisitely beautiful fairy woman with, I think, like, armor and a crown that all bears some, some resemblance to thorns. This illusion addresses the dragon directly and says, now, now, you're causing quite a commotion. What's all this about?
0: And that is the end of this penultimate episode. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson for our music. You can find him at My Pet Machine on Facebook and Bandcamp. And Julie, who you can find at Elaborate Fight of Fancy, who designed our logo. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. I'm holding that finale over your head for that five-star review. Not really. Okay. Tune in next time for an exciting conclusion. Will Sylpha buy our heroes the time they need to kill the dragon before one of them perishes in a rain of thorny claws and teeth? Will our heroes crush this dragon before its breath weapon recharges, which is supposed to happen every three rounds-ish? Friggin' dice. Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.
1: I can hear somebody breathing. I think it's Nate. <laughs> that's what you get for being able to breathe out of your nose now, Nate. Yeah. Yep. Real careful, Puff air right into yeah. that. Microphone. What's that? It's my dog. <laughs> it's my dog. <laughs> you didn't know that I brought a dog, did you? Ah, well, my, there amulet! Is. my amulet is barking. <laughs> Sorry.
0: That's the noise the, the, the noise Thorns
3: thing. creature actually makes.